1: The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship via live streaming this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org and click on Watch Live.
0: You see, God has a plan. God knows what He's doing. God's plan is to save all of us. And that holy and sacred body of Jesus was preserved for resurrection morning. And out of that grave, that holy body came. But it came forth with scars. You know, you can't live in this world long without getting scars, can you? It came forth with scars, and He'll carry those scars forever. The one who suffered willingly arose. The reason he arose was to authenticate what happened at calvary how do we know he took our sins the third day he arose from the dead it's like the song says bearing shame and scoffing rude in your place he stood sealed your pardon with his blood hallelujah what a savior hallelujah what a Savior!
1: On today's Healing Word broadcast, Pastor Morse is going to take us to the book of Isaiah, where the prophet, nearly 700 years before Christ came to this earth, told of the suffering he would endure as he went to the cross as the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Now, let's go to today's message, Jesus Suffered in Silence.
0: Many years ago, my grandmother went to heaven to be with the Lord. But before she died... She was put in a nursing home because of her physical condition. She lost control, complete control of all the muscles of her body. I remember the last time I talked with her, she couldn't even use her muscles to open her eyes. And my mother was there with me and she kept calling to her. She said, open your eyes. Jack's here. Open your eyes. And uh, she couldn't even open her eyes. My grandmother, grandfather had four daughters. My Uh, Mother was one of the four, and uh, my grandmother's condition was just so beyond the help of of those daughters that they had to put her in that nursing home. But my grandmother's mind was alert. She was quick to remember everything, and with her eyes closed, couldn't even open her eyes, she could remember birthdays and birthdays of, she even mentioned the time I was there that one of the pastors, she remembered his birthday and she said, this is so-and-so's, pastor so-and-so's birthday. She was very alert. She knew what was going on all around her. She knew what was going on with her physically. When they would put her in a chair, they would have to strap her in the chair because her body would just slump. She couldn't hold herself up. My mother spoke to her and asked her, why... She is enduring this pain and this agony in the way that she is enduring it. She said, Mom, I've never heard you complain. Say a word about your condition and what's going on with you. And my grandmother, unable to open her eyes, said, it wouldn't do any good to complain. She said, this is the way it is. And complaining wouldn't change anything. She never complained, never said a negative word to the amazement of my mother and to my amazement too. I think of Jesus and his suffering. Jesus' suffering was accepted. He could have complained. He could have been defensive. He could have spoken out and justified himself and his actions and condemned those who were treating him the way he was being treated. But listen, listen to this. If he had, he could have, he may have been acquitted. He may have been acquitted, but he did not say a word. He was as a lamb led to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Again, if he had opened his mouth, he could have been acquitted, possibly, But if he had been acquitted, you and I would have been condemned. And it was for us he kept his mouth shut. Amazing. Amazing that God would so love us that he would take the abuse of man in order to get us through to the kingdom of God and in heaven when this life is over. He never said a word extreme, physical, emotional, and spiritual. It was noble silence. Now, Jesus was the suffering one of Isaiah, that Isaiah spoke of in Isaiah chapter 53. Many years later, hundreds of years later, in Acts chapter 8, there was an Ethiopian eunuch who... Loved God, who worshipped God according to the knowledge that he had. He, he lived up to what he knew about God. He went to Jerusalem, this Ethiopian eunuch, and he worshipped God according to the Hebrew faith. That's all he knew. But he did everything he knew. And You know, when you do everything you know, God comes through for you every time. Amen. And on his way home, this Ethiopian eunuch had a, a book it was Isaiah, and he was reading aloud from Isaiah 53, the very verses that were read here just a moment ago. And uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to Philip the deacon and said, "Go over to that man and ask him if he understands what he's reading." Philip went over and asked him, "What are you reading?" He said, "I'm reading. Him. I'm reading Isaiah 53." He said, "Do you understand?" He said, "No." He said, "Would you explain it to me?" He said, "When when Isaiah says." He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb. Who's he talking about? Who's the he? Who is that? You see, back then when Isaiah wrote it, he didn't know. Isaiah didn't know that the Holy Spirit was going to give the Savior, the Messiah, the earthly name Jesus, which now is a heavenly name, holy and high exalted. So Isaiah didn't know he was going to be called Jesus. Philip knew. The Ethiopian eunuch didn't know. So The eunuch heard about Jesus, the one who died on the cross, the true lamb of God. When the eunuch went to Israel, to Jerusalem, to worship with the Israelites, he had become a convert to the Israel faith. Uh, He saw a lamb that was sacrificed, but now Philip says... The true lamb of God's name is Jesus, and this is the one Isaiah was writing about in Isaiah 53. That Ethiopian eunuch heard, he believed, he accepted Jesus as his savior, and he went along his way and he saw some water. He said, I want to be baptized. He said, is there anything that would hinder me? He was open. He was innocent. He was ready to walk in the light as God was giving him the light. And Philip and the Ethiopian went down into the water. The man was baptized. He came up out of the water. And the scripture says that Ethiopian eunuch went back to Ethiopia rejoicing in the Lord. That's how it always works. When you give your heart to Jesus and you allow Jesus to do that work of grace, that work of amazing grace that the choir just sang about, you'll rejoice every time. Anybody here sad this morning? Don't raise your hand. I know in a congregation this size, there's got to be some sad people. You don't look sad. You look happy. You look like the church of friendship and joy, which you are. But I'll tell you something, friend. When Jesus comes, all that dismalness and sadness will go away. I don't know how he does it. I just don't know how he does it. It's miraculous. Sometimes circumstances won't change. But he changes me. And now I can handle the circumstances. Oh, I feel like jumping up and down. (laughs) He's a wonderful Savior, and He will cause you to leave today rejoicing. Open your heart. The Holy Spirit is bringing Jesus into this service, into your lives. Jesus is here to cause you and me to know God and to leave rejoicing, to go on our way rejoicing. It was Jesus. He was the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. He was the one that went to the slaughter. He was the one that didn't open his mouth. He was the one that was thinking way ahead 2,000 years that there would be a Largo Community Church and we would be here on this particular Sunday morning and all the other churches where God's people are worshiping today all over the world. He thought of us. He thought of us. Most of us think of ourselves and how things affect us and we respond accordingly. But Jesus thought of us Not himself. He thought of us. Friends, he's thinking about you today. Do you know you're on his mind? do, Do you know he can't get you out of his mind? And he knows all our circumstances and our situations. And he's here to bless and to help us.
1: Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following an invitation for you to learn more about the Largo Community Church by visiting our website, largocc.org. There, you'll find links to all the ministries the church has to offer, including Sunday school, men's and women's fellowships, small groups, youth ministries, and many more. There's also a link for you to join our live worship services every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 o'clock, and a donation tab where you can partner with us in reaching the metropolitan area with the Healing Word Ministry. We invite you to visit largocc.org and get involved in our dynamic and growing ministry, the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. Now, let's return to the conclusion of today's message, Jesus Suffered in Silence.
0: Jesus completely was surrendered to the Father's will. Jesus was completely dedicated to my salvation and your salvation. Now, he was falsely accused. And who accused him? Who accused him? Not the bad people. Well, the bad people did, but it was first the good people started accusing him. Hey, did did anybody ever be hurt by a good person? (laughs) It was the chief priest. It was the pastors. It was the teachers of the law who lied on him and then paid others to tell lies on him. And it was all about taking something completely out of context. Friend, hear both sides of the story before you react. But most of us hear one side and, you know, we react immediately. That's the way we are. That's human nature. But there's a nudge to the nature. There's a higher nature. It's the nature of Jesus when he comes into your heart and makes you a new creature in him. Can somebody say amen? Amen. 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 That's how it works. And that's why we rejoice in him. But there are so many things in this life that will take away the rejoicing if, if you let it. Jesus heard their lies from the good people he heard their accusations he heard everything yet he did not respond he did not react he listened in silence it's amazing how low some people will stoop just to get their way just to get their point across they're championing a cause and it's their cause and everybody else can be suffering be hurt be chopped down as long as they get their way. It seems as though their purpose in life, all life long, I want to do it my way. And if it's not done my way, it's done the wrong way. Woo! (laughs) This is the gospel of redemption. And Jesus did it his way. And by his grace and by his help and his strength, may we humble ourselves before him and do it the Savior's way. He heard it all. And he opened not his mouth. He opened not his mouth. He heard it all. Then he was put before the soldiers and they took him in the barracks. And the soldiers criticized him. They mocked him. Uh, the terrible things that happened. The scripture says they robed him in scarlet. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They thrust a cane into his hands. And then they snatched the cane away and they beat him on the head. You know, people, when they're out for blood, they don't stop until they get blood. Some people are set on fire with the coast of Hell. That's not Christianity. That's not Jesus. That is hell. Friend, be careful who you're yielding to. That's why we have to keep coming to this altar. Keep remembering. This do in remembrance of me. We have to keep remembering. They beat him on the head. And then, you know, some people, they just can't be vindictive enough. Then they started spitting in his face. Now, oh, that's about as vulgar as one can get. And then they put a blindfold over him. And when they put a blindfold over him, they would hit him in the face. And then they'd say, Now, you're the Christ prophesied. Who did it? Was that Jim? Or was that Jake? Or was that John? Who hit you in the face? You're the Messiah. Now they become sarcastic. They just couldn't do enough. And they couldn't stop. They wouldn't let up. On and on it goes. They wouldn't stop until they crucified him. They wanted him dead. Out of the way. So things can go my way. You know, there was a song out one time. I did it my way. Remember? (laughs) My way is the only way. My way is the best way. If anybody does it any other way, that's not my way. That's the wrong way. Jesus did it his way for love, for you and me, and for our redemption. They beat him, yet he did not open his mouth. Hail, king of the Jews, they mocked him. Then they took him to Pilate. And they put him before Pilate, and all of those accusations kept coming. And there he was, bruised, spittle spit on his face and his beard. He was bruised. He didn't even look like a human being. And Pilate, that heathen, that man who worshiped pagan gods, looked at him and said, Don't you hear what these people are saying? Are you deaf? Those are my words, not Pilate's words. But that was basically what he was saying. Don't you hear the accusations and you stand there and don't say a word in your defense? He was like a lamb that was led to the slaughter and a sheep before her shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. You know, at a slaughterhouse, cattle will moan. Sheep at a slaughterhouse will squeal. I mean, pigs, pigs will squeal, cattle will moan, but sheep and lambs are as silent as death, just silent as death. He was led like a lamb, Ethiopian eunuch and all Christians everywhere. That's it. Jesus he's talking about. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Now, why did he submit? Why did he do that? Why did he remain silent before his accusers? Why no word of protest? Listen, dear friends, and listen with gratitude. I'm going to turn over as quickly as I can to John. And I'm going to read John 10, 17. Here's the answer to that rhetorical question. The reason These are the words of Jesus. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life for my friends. He said, no one takes it. From me, I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. You know, it takes power, the very power of God, to suffer in silence. You can only do that with the spirit of Jesus. And if that suffering is not in silence, then the spirit of something else is in me. Jesus suffered in silence. The scripture says in verse 9, Isaiah 53, he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Now, this prophecy that I just read to you, this prophecy was an enigma until Jesus fulfilled it because Isaiah and no one else knew what Isaiah was writing about, that he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. You see, he was crucified between two thieves, as we just heard just a moment ago. He was crucified. Those men deserved capital punishment. But Jesus did nothing but good. He went about doing good, the Bible says, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. This was what our Savior did. This is how he lived. This is how he ministered. He was crucified before two wicked thieves. So his grave was with the wicked, but it was also with the rich. It was Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, who gave Jesus his own tomb and took the body of Jesus from the cross and laid it in his own tomb. Now listen, friend, and I have to close the message now because we need to come to this holy table. If Jesus' body had not been taken down from the cross by Joseph of Arimathea... And Nicodemus, if they hadn't taken his body down, his body would have been taken down just like the other two thieves. Instead of taking down two bodies, the Romans would have taken down three bodies. My God. That holy body, along with those two thieves, would have been taken out to the valley of Hinnom, the garbage dump of Israel. I mean, where they threw out their garbage. And the bodies were flung into the garbage dump where there's a fire that continues to burn. And what the fire doesn't burn, the dogs eat it. Now, Isaiah, hundreds of years before, said these words. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. You see, God has a plan. God knows what He's doing. God's plan is to save all of us. And that holy and sacred body of Jesus was preserved for resurrection morning. And out of that grave, that holy body came. But it came forth with scars. You know, you can't live in this world long without getting scars, can you? It came forth with scars, and He'll carry those scars forever. The one who suffered willingly arose. The reason he arose was to authenticate what happened at Calvary. How do we know he took our sins? The third day, he arose from the dead. It's like the song says, Bearing shame and scoffing rude, In your place he stood, Sealed your pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Would you read the conclusion on the screen, please? Jesus willingly died that we might live. He suffered in silence. His love for us was his strength to endure. Silently he laid down his life. Bow with me in just a moment of prayer. This is a wonderful opportune time to turn to Jesus with our heads bowed and our eyes closed to tell him that we love him because he first loved us, to tell him that we have sinned and broken his law, but we ask for forgiveness. It's a wonderful time to have a new and living confrontation with the one who blesses, who washes away sin, grief in his precious blood. Let's talk to the Lord Jesus for just a moment. For your holy blood, your holy life, your unspeakable, ineffable love that cannot be measured or weighed, we praise you, Lord. Love for us. Love
1: for sinners. We praise and give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that the message you just heard, Jesus suffered in silence, has blessed you and strengthened your faith in God. Before we go, here's Pastor Jack Morris once again with some concluding thoughts.
0: Thanks, Eric. Jesus took our suffering and he never opened his mouth. What a savior. What wonderful love. Now tomorrow, the title of the message is Jesus is the centerpiece. I'm going to talk about the Savior who is to be front and center, uh, the focal point of our lives. Don't let the enemy distract you in any way, friend. Keep your focus on Jesus through prayer, through reading the word, going to church, Christian fellowship. God cares for you. Let him be the front, the center, your all in all, and you will live in wonderful victory in Jesus. It's been a joy being with you. God bless you. And friend... Pray for me, pray for the healing word. And if the Lord lays it upon your heart, if you will send an offering, it'll be greatly appreciated. I need to hear from you and your prayer request, you send me, I will pray personally over that deed of yours. God's blessings be upon you.
1: We invite you to email Pastor Morris directly at at thehealingwordministries.com. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.